Come on, let's praise the Lord, everybody. Let's give God praise. He's the only one that's worthy of praise and honor and glory, both now and forever and ever and ever. Hallelujah. Thank you, my loves. You may be seated. It is always good to be in the house of the Lord. And um, I've, got a, I've got a particularly, let me do two things. Let me do my home training. Let me thank the man of God, the head of this house, the president, Doug Graham, who has been a friend of mine for many years. Many of you know Doug was the, the dean and the campus pastor here for years. And that's when I met him years ago when I was at Bethel. And he was a good and, and ardent and faithful brother. And it is, you are blessed to have a man of God here who knows God, loves God, and loves you. And so I'm grateful for, for him. I'm grateful for Jeff Dio and all of my friends who are here. Um, grateful for the worship band. Grateful for the worship that went forward. Uh, but let me also say I am grateful for what I saw and experienced in this room and what I sense in this room in terms of the theme and what you are attempting to do. Thank you, BSU. Thank you for having a vision for unity. Because I've been on many campuses where that does not happen. And as I look out over our nation, we are in a critical time in our nation's history and in the church where we will either decide to fully worship the king or we will fall prey to other gods. We have been a nation that has worshipped other idols, including the race of our people. The foundation of our nation used race as a weapon. And so part of the challenge of us being together and celebrating not just Black History Month, but celebrating uh, Polish folk and Irish folk and other folks is we're so afraid to be who we are because we don't know how to be together. Can we bind the weaponization of racial hatred? And can we learn to be people who love one another and can celebrate that you all were up here worshiping? I'm telling you how unique this is. With a fully African-American worship team, and that y'all didn't sit there with your arms crossed like, I'm not going to worship because they don't look like me. And if you did, the altar is open. If you did, the altar is open because that is pride. It is arrogance. It is evil. And it is self-serving. And the Apostle Paul did not establish the church in Ephesus, which we will preach about today. A multi-ethnic global church in the epicenter of a place where he did not ask people to forfeit who they were. He asked them to count the cost of what it meant to be one people for Jesus Christ. So today I am before you with a grateful heart for BSU to preach a message on unity, y'all, on unity. So here's the theme, united for his glory, lifting high the name of Jesus. So this morning... Agree with me that we come together for one purpose. It is to lift high the name that is above all names. It is to lift high the name for which people die around this world every single day. It is the name for which people live quietly in a place called the Hermit Kingdom in North Korea. 
a place for even breathing the name of Jesus, people's lives are snuffed out. It is the name for which people died. 172 Christians died over the Christmas season in Nigeria for showing up and worshiping. It is the name above all names for which people struggle just below us in Mexico. It is a name that the enemy has used to weaponize us in the world. But it is the only name and the only hope that we have to transform the world. Do you know that the church of Jesus Christ has been called to do what no other entity in the world can do? And that is to draw people back to the one who made them in his image and likeness. His image and likeness is not about our skin color. It's about his power, his glory, his preeminence, his power. It is about that. We are able, you are called right now in this hour to draw people from every tribe and tongue back to the one, the only one who is able to save us, redeem us, restore us, renew us, and bring us back into full relationship with the Father. Anything else will fall short. And how many times have we tried to do it? We've tried to use other methods We've tried to draw lines and make people choose sides. And we are more confused and more broken than ever before. So our greatest passion and our only hope must be Jesus. While we can celebrate our denominational excellence, it's not the way that we're going to come to know him. It's not racial separation or politics or any other natural movements because they're only going to at some point foster greater division and self-glorification. The only way that we will be able to do this is for the Christ who died for us. And so today, as we think about that, I want to go back to the book of Ephesus. And I want us to look at at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 13, where in these verses, the Apostle Paul is talking to the church that he founded. He is speaking to them from prison, lovingly from prison, and he is reminding them of who they are and who they must remain to be. So as we look at this scripture, I want you to listen for the language of unity. And if you have your Bibles, you have your phones, I want you to underline that because this is going to be essential for us as we continue to focus on what the world desperately needs a unified, swelling body of burning hot believers who are not afraid to die for the cause of something greater than life on this earth. For for us to live is Christ and to die is gain. And this is an hour of counting the cost. Ephesians 4, 1 through 13, Paul says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. 
verse 7. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and he gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to do what? To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now, that's a big chunk of word. That's a lot of word there. But what is the Apostle Paul talking about? What is he saying? This scripture is thick with imagery and with expectation. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, the church that he built as their founder. Paul would later leave this church to Priscilla and Aquila and later Timothy as their pastor. As a primary trade route of its time, Ephesus was a place of great diversity, not only of thought, but of culture and of worship. And otherwise, Ephesus was like Los Angeles. Any of y'all ever been to L.A.? How many of you know that in Los Angeles, anything that can be worshipped can be worshipped in Los Angeles? You drive down the 405. You see people driving fast cars and big cars. You walk past people whose bodies all look the same like they were stamped out. You see uh, gargoyles. You see uh, third eyes on buildings. You see all manner of things. And that's kind of what Ephesus was like. It was a trade route. And so when people came They didn't just bring their goods, they brought their gods. How many of you know that sometimes we bring our gods with us? Some of us brought gods to North Central. We brought our attitudes, we brought our stuff, we brought all of our stuff. We bring our stuff with us. But when Paul stood in the middle of this place where you had great places of intellectual curiosity, where you had other places where people could be worshipped, and you had brothels, where you had this broad way of sorts, the Apostle Paul stood in the midst of it. Someone who had once been a denier of Jesus Christ, who had an experience with Jesus Christ himself, and he preached to all of those people unashamed. I don't care what your background is. I don't care if you are a Satan worshiper. I don't care if you're a former prostitute. I don't care if you think that you're smarter than everybody else. There is no other God but Jesus Christ, and you need to come out of those places and come to him. You need to count the cost of what it is to no longer bow your knee to idols. You need to count the cost of what it means to be a part of a church that will have tribes and tongues, and it will not always be easy. Imagine that in the church of Ephesus, you had people of multiple languages, multiple tongues, multiple ideologies, and all of them were called to count the cost to come and to be made new. That means that they had to forfeit the things that they worshipped for the one who they would worship. How many of you know that that is an hour that we are in? We must forfeit everything that we worship for the one who is worthy of worship. 
Everything else has got to go. Every other kind of supremacist mindset that all of us can have, every other kind of way that we think we are better or different than others has got to always fall prey to the word of God. What is God's word? What is his way? What is his name? And how are we living in his presence? There was nothing easy about founding the church of Ephesus. There was nothing easy about people speaking multiple language and trying to figure out how to worship together. There was nothing easy about Jews having to let go and to forfeit being the primary ones who God had always spoken to to make way for Gentiles. There was nothing easy for slave owners and slaves to become brothers and sisters. What was the thing that required them and called them to do it? Death to self. Death to self for the sake of new life. Someone say it with me. Death to self for the sake of new life. And that is our born again story. It is why when we come to the throne, we've got to die to ourselves for the sake of something greater. It is why we've got to study to show ourselves approved. It's why we've got to be desperate for the things of God. And so from prison, Paul is writing to them and saying, please, I'm not in your presence right now, but I know everything that's going on. Priscilla and Aquila, Timothy, they're telling me everything. And I am encouraging you. I am begging you. I am asking you not to forget your sacred yes when it feels hard to say no to all the things that are calling you to come back. When Egypt calls your name, when your past life calls your name, how do you continue to say no? The book of Ephesus and what Paul was calling these converts to was complete surrender and death to self. And they focused on three primary things. First was reconciliation. Christ has reconciled each one of us to himself. You all never forget that. Never forget the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And here's what I want, why I want you to remember that. Right now for us, it may seem really easy to sit in this room and to worship. We've got the lights and all this. Never take this for granted. Sit up straight when you are in chapel and never take for granted that you get to worship a God that other people die for every single day. Don't do it. Don't come to a Christian institution and, and not take advantage of every pastoral interaction that you have because you're going to wind up going out into the world and God has need of you. He has need of you to be bold and courageous. He has need of you to declare the gospel. He has need of you not to just worry about where am I going to live, but who am I going to serve and how am I going to love and who am I going to bring to salvation. As the hour gets tight and gets darker, as we see the enemy roaming around as a lion, we need one another, you all. We need to be unified. Unif unity doesn't come based on the fact that I look like you and you look like me. Unity comes when you can look at somebody in the spirit and say, do you belong to God? We will know a spirit by the spirit. I don't care who looks like me. If you're not down for Christ, we gotta, I, I, I got other things to do. I don't care if we live in the same neighborhood. If you're not worshiping the risen Savior, I'm going to find other people who are worshiping the risen Savior. We have got to be clear about who our people are. And I say it every time I'm amongst Christian folk. You all are more family to me than the family that I have at home that are not believers in Jesus Christ. If you've been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ, we are family. Get over it if you don't like it. 
If you don't like the fact that there are people who don't look like you, act like you, sound like you, play, then you signed up for the wrong religion. You signed up for the wrong thing because we are soldiers in the army of the Lord. And this is a time where we need the weapons of our warfare. What does scripture say? Are not carnal. They're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. What are the strongholds that are keeping us from unity? What are the strongholds killing the American church? What are the strongholds keeping us separate? What are the strongholds keeping us divided and distracted? What are the strongholds that keep you afraid of sharing the gospel? What are the strongholds that keep you so focused on yourself that you don't have the ability to pray for anybody else? Those are strongholds, and we need to pull those things down. Christ came to reconcile every tribe and tongue to himself. Number two, they talk about unity amongst themselves, amongst the broader body and the church. And then three, he talks about God has given gifts to us, you all. He didn't just unify us. He gave us gifts to give to one another. He gave us gifts today. When I came in today, Lindsay didn't just greet me with sisterhood. She gave me a gift, a gift that I did not expect. And when we give each other gifts, what does it do? It creates in us a wide open heart because we have been thought of. Jesus Christ thought of you enough to give us gifts. For what purpose? Not to hoard them to ourselves, but to grow us up so that we could be a mature church. We have gifts to be given away so that we can be a mature church. How many of you know we need to be a mature church? We need to be a grown-up church. We need to get past milk and get to the meat. We need to lay hands on the sick so that they can recover. We need to walk in dark places and let the light of Jesus Christ shine. We need to have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace so everywhere we walk in, we take authority in the name of Jesus. This is what God is calling us to, and this is what Paul reminded the church of Ephesus about. Let me say to you again that celebrating who God has made us is beautiful. It's why we have BSU on the sweatshirts, and I want one of those t-shirts and a sweatshirt in Jesus' name because I will wear both. Who we are is a beautiful thing. As I look out over this audience, I see beauty in all manner of ways. We can both celebrate who God has made us. God didn't just make us rubber stamps of people. He gave us shades and tones and languages and food and stories. He gave us the opportunity to celebrate those things. But he wants us to keep those things in proper perspective because it's easy to make those things God and to put him underneath it. And so when our flesh gets in the way, even when we've been blessed beyond measure, we miss the joy of intimacy with God and with one another. There is joy and there is power in his name. And when we are unified together, dear brothers and sisters, something happens. When we are unified together, something happens. When we worship in one accord, something happens. When we let go of our inhibitions, something happens. When we jump and shout, when we lay before this altar, something happens. What happens? We die to ourselves. We refuse to fear who's looking. And we simply do our best, our part, to lift up his name. And when he is our holy occupation and desire, something happens. North Central shifts. People start to hear. There's a fire overhead of these buildings. Students start to come from near and far. Students start to say, there's something going on at this place called North 
North Central. We heard it's a place that loves the Lord God Almighty. We heard that there's a place where the president stays and leads people in prayer. We heard it's a place where people lay hands and they do recover. We heard it's a place where people can worship unashamed. We heard it's a place where student leaders are raised up and they're going and they're building churches. We heard it's a place where unity and community transforms lives. Come on, y'all. If you want North Central not just to be a place where you have a, that name hanging on your diploma, I want you to leave a residue here. Can you all be people that leave a residue that when the next group comes in, they're like, there's a fragrance in the air. The spirit of the living God met me at the door. God opened doors that no one could shut. Someone just gave us a gift that we couldn't have even asked for. Listen, if somebody could give $100 million to Spelman University, do you not think they can't do it for North Central? Y'all need to be saying, God, I thank you in advance for the donors that are coming to give audacious gifts to North Central University. God, we thank you that a donor's going to come and wipe out all the debt of the senior class. God, we why? So that we can go out and we can be audacious givers. We can love and serve other people. We can bless the Lord. Look, some of y'all are excited like, who is it? Who's coming? Where are the seniors at? You're like, come on, make it happen, Jesus. Right. Y'all was about to run a lap. Someone was like, who? Where's the money at? Listen, don't forget when God puts money in your hands to come back in a decade and give it too. Huh? When God puts wealth in your hands... Come back to this place, which may not be here because it might be much bigger. Come back, and let's prophesy it. Come back to this place and say, President, I want to give you a check for $1 million. It's not impossible. What is impossible with man is possible with God. See, God wants to free us, y'all. He wants to unify us, and then he wants to set us loose. He wants to unify us to get out there in the world and do what other people would never do. And why would we do it? Because we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. How many of you know that the Holy Spirit empowers us to do things that we would never do in our own flesh? How many of the Holy Spirit makes us bold? The Holy Spirit makes us courageous. The Holy Spirit teaches us. The Holy Spirit rebukes us. The Holy Spirit gives us this, and this is why we need to walk in unity, in community, loving one another for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of the world. Unity in community for the sake of the gospel and the sake of the world. Unity in community for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of the world. Psalm 133 gives us another picture about unity. You all have read it. It is a song of ascents, meaning this is a song that they sang as they went up to the higher places, the challenging places as they climbed the mountains. This is the song that they sang. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. That word live is not just, yeah, we can get along when we sit in chapel. It means our lifestyle is unity. It means the way that we live the way that we talk, the, the way I'm giving my brother the benefit of the doubt. It means when there's difficulties that we have, I'm coming to you not in haste and anger. I'm coming to you in love saying something went wrong between us. And I need to get it right with you because we're called to unity and community. I don't have time to be at odds with you. Because while the devil is roaming around, we don't have the luxury of being at odds with one another. Do you hear me? While we argue and are distracted, people die. 
You are a soldier. Your job is to be on point and for your eyes to be open to hear what the Lord says and to move when he says move. Every other thing can become a distraction. So they're climbing these mountains and saying how good it is when we live, when our lifestyle is about unity. It is like the precious oil. Y'all, what does oil represent? What does oil represent? Assemblies of God, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized folk. The oil represents the Holy Spirit and anointing. The anointing flows from the top. You want an anointing? Pray for your man of God. Don't ever speak against Doug Graham. You better pray for him. Go visit his office and get on your knees and pray for him and say, God, give him favor when he meets with the board. Give him favor, God. Forgive us when we've spoken illy about him because none of you know the weight of what it takes to run an institution. I can hardly manage my own checkbook. I surely cannot run an entire institution. But we need to be people of unity. It says it's like precious oil. When we are unified, get the vision. When we walk in unity... It breaks something open. It's like taking the precious oil, oil, olive oil that was crushed, and it is running down. And each part of it saturates us. It says it's like the precious oil on the head running down the beard, Aaron's beard. Who was Aaron? He was a priest. He was a priest whose job it was to worship and to sacrifice when we do the work of the kingdom the anointing comes in our worship and in our sacrifice and things are broken off and people are freed and the anointing comes and it grows us up because we've chosen a lifestyle of unity but it doesn't just stop at his robe on his collar and then it runs down his robe It's as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion for everywhere, here's the word, for there where the Lord bestows his blessing, okay, where there is anointing and where there is unity, there is a corresponding blessing. How many of you need a blessing in your life? The rest of you all in this middle section, you're good? You don't need a blessing? Okay, anyone over here need a blessing? Okay. Anyone over there need a blessing? Listen, I need a blessing. Y'all just be like, here, Pastor Laurel, take it. The reality is, is when we operate in unity, dear friends, when we count the cost, when we recognize that even in the midst of our differences, the greater call is for us to walk in the way that Jesus Christ gave his life for us to walk in. When we take the gifts that he has given us, not to hoard them, but to give them, when we choose unity as a lifestyle and we choose to love one another and to love God with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength, when we choose him over choosing the things of the world, while we can celebrate and appreciate these things, if we start here, we will never have the best relationship here. You must start in intimate relationship with God so that you have the strength to operate in unity. Let me close with this. I want you all to remember the name Jehovah Nisi. What does Jehovah Nisi mean? Jehovah Nisi means the Lord is our banner. Banners are a sign of identification and victory. They are what we wave and what we declare. And when we worship, we are decreeing and declaring the power of Almighty God. 
As we choose, dear brothers and sisters, to walk and to live in unity, as we lift up high the name of Jesus, we use the name of Jesus as a holy banner over every situation, circumstance, and thing that would try to divide us. We listen to one another, love one another, learn from one another, but we also learn to crucify our flesh and everything that would try to keep us from that goal of unity. Because when we are in unity, there is an impenetrable force that the enemy cannot break through. If you want victory in your life, North Central, learn the gift of unity. Cultivate the gifts God has given you. Learn to love one another. Learn to forgive people who are not like you. Keep your eyes and your heart constantly focused on Jesus Christ. Let the good things go for the sake of the great things. And walk in the fullness of God. Because where there's unity, there is blessing. And there is power to do what only God can do. In Jesus' name we pray and we agree. And all who would agree would say, amen. Thank you guys.